is the Middle East, the darkest side. It's the track, and the Middle East has dissolved into vapor. They don't. They aren't a thing anymore, because they just decided that they were the best, and they were going to go out on top. You're still grieving about that. I am. It's a great folk band from Australia, and they've written some great songs, so if you like that kind of thing, then... That's interesting. A folk band Check from Australia. Out. Yeah. Real interesting. Who would have Folky, thought? Folky kind of country. There's a lot of country. There's like a country scene in Australia, I think. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. I guess they can sing country music too. <laughs> why, why not? I guess. How is dualistic it? of me. Yeah. Yeah. You're judging Australian music scene for sure. Is it like the desert? Is Australia like the desert? Is it like the Most wild west kind of? Seems I. That's what I hear. That's Maybe what like, I envision. It's just a bunch of <laughs> desert. Maybe that's what happens when you live in the desert. Is you write country music? It's just automatic. Makes sense. Those are the sounds that come out of you when you're. <laughs> that makes sense. Total sense, man. That's. <laughs> Lock that up. That's that's what it is. That's, that is what it is. Nothing. Sure. No, no other explanation for it. <laughs> <clears throat> your landscape determines your the music that you produce. Right, and there's no alternative outside of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Except with the internet, you know, you can hear all kinds of music from other landscapes. So. Does it surprise you, like, how many people don't, like, can't, like, get outside of the dualistic thing? It, it surprises me, and it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, and I guess the reason why I say that is because I just, when I look at my own experience... Mm -hmm. When I look at my own experience, that's that's what leads me to be surprised, but also not surprised. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess I guess I've been pretty rigid about some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I look back on some of the stuff that I've been super rigid about, and I'm like, oh, me too. You know, ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it does. It's, but there's, there's just not any. There's no social commentary, though. On you know, like in our society, 
Except for a single tree podcast. The, the, right. We're the only source. <laughs> but, you know, it's... Yeah. If there's a social commentary on something, then, you know, it reaches people's consciousness, I, I think. But no one is really talking about this kind of stuff. Like, it's just not in the fabric of our social dialogue. Why? It's underground, maybe. Well. That is interesting. I... I think there are a lot of reasons why. I think of, like, it's kind of interesting. You know, like, non-dualism is big over in, like... I mean, obviously, there's, like, in in Asian cultures, right? Mm -hmm. But also in, um, like, Finland and Sweden and, you know... Germany and Austria that's a that is that's a pretty big part of their social dialogue is this whole non-dualism thing yeah I think when you talk about it or you get into it like it just seems sort of obvious that, like it's the obvious next step for like getting past you know the whole grind of right and wrong you know mm -hmm. black and white thinking yeah I mean most people realize that it, if you asked them how, that it has its limitations but you know maybe because of fear we all we all sort of hold tightly to right and wrong I'd say that's kind of what it comes down to is fear <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I'm still there in a lot of ways, you know, not really like totally non-dual in every way. Yeah, I mean, what would that even look like? You know what I mean? <laughs> you wouldn't have anything left to deconstruct. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what that would what that looks like or even if you know how reasonable or it's possible or whatever you know what I mean like mm -hmm. does that look like a Zen master sitting on a mountaintop or it's when you attain your spiritual poof yeah or does that look dissolve like dissolve into vapor or does that yeah or does that look like just living a total normal life doing everyday stuff but also knowing that like you know, it's all the same, <laughs> mm -hmm. or whatever. You know. Yeah, I mean, you probably. I was talking to somebody last week. I think about you probably attain it for like presence for like a few seconds at a time. You know, maybe you can expand that a little bit. But mm -hmm. anyway. We decided 
in the last podcast episode, I believe, that religion sort of puts forth what is right, right belief, and right action or morality, and that is a dualistic thing to do. <laughs> um, and so we're looking to sort of get beyond a dualistic way of being and seeing the world and um, yeah I think you know we'll talk a little bit about how we perceive things and how we arrive at what we um, see as the truth or reality and then we'll talk a little bit about um, how we can get beyond just judging our own and other people's actions um, not focusing so much on what we do or don't do but on being and becoming so yeah I think it's interesting to try to think about how we can kind of move beyond those dualistic ways of being the the structure of religion you know teaching right belief you know what is true and also like right action um, what is good to do is necessary like we've said a few different times you know but then like if that's all you do then maybe that's limited in what you know it can do to help you grow yeah kind of like you know what we said then our last talk where you just stay on your training wheels and never really leave the driveway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you need something that helps you maybe perceive in a little bit different way. I think a good, like like if you are have a spiritual practice or something where you pray and, and sort of like maybe try to connect with God in some way, um, I think it's helpful to think about that in terms of like maybe any other kind of relationship that you'd have. You know, we we sometimes like think of that. Um, you know, think of prayer as just like us talking. You know, and maybe it's more helpful to think about like it's just like being open to God. Or you could say, you know, even in, in addition to that, like being open to reality. And that can be a practice. Hmm. So I always have this like image in my mind of, you know, when I wake up every day, you know, I have to do stuff, which is sort of annoying a lot of times. Like I have to get myself out of bed and, you know, um, feed the dogs and, you know, feed the kid, mm -hmm. feed the kids and make sure that they're off to school and all that. Get myself ready to go to work. Um, but, you know, so much of our lives is just about like this charge forward, you know, um, thinking and doing 
right? So those are, to me, like, you can think of it as like, yeah, moving forward. And I think maybe the lost practice because we are American <laughs> and human, you know, is like to do the opposite thing, which is to like sit back and receive. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. But say more. That's the way I think of it. I guess when when I'm thinking about like just perceiving. Um, like if you're going to find the truth, <laughs> you know, we talked about these metaphors of like going and searching, right? Like you're going to explore a land, <laughs> you know? But I sort of think that like perceiving the truth that happens a lot better for me if I'm just like sitting, the posture is like maybe even laying back and letting it come instead. Like letting things be revealed. Yeah, and also like receiving, mm -hmm. you know? Like in the relationship metaphor, you know, if you're talking to someone and you're doing all the talking, then you're, you're always pushing forward into the space, you know? And that person sort of like, by default, has to become receptive. Okay. They might be listening or they might not be. But like, it's also good if you're gonna be in a relationship to like, sit back and listen. So I'm just always thinking about that, like, you know, leaning forward and that sort of posture. And then like, but if I really want to like get some revelation, if I really want to like know something, then it's way better to like sit back and receive it. Does that make sense? I mean, it does to me, and I, I think it can be maybe a little bit difficult to grasp what that may look like or be like or feel like for you know some people because we're all kind of on the you know just day in and day out you know you feel like you're on this maybe like a hamster wheel or something you know yeah, yeah. we're doing these every doing these things every day to to try to move forward and get get somewhere mm -hmm. to achieve a goal or something yeah it's a lot of anxiety in that i feel like for but, me yeah but what you're saying is that there's nothing wrong with achieving goals or or things like that but that maybe There's more than one way for that to happen. Yeah. Or it can look bigger than just that. It can include that, but it can look even bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think of it as breathing in and breathing out, right? Like, you're going to 
take something in and then you have to do the opposite thing or you know if you're trying to work on something do something with your life build something with your life then you know you have to work on it and you have to yeah move forward but then you also have to like sit back and look at it you know and like plan and figure out if it looks like what you want it to look like mm-hmm. it's like that I think that makes sense. I think I can identify now, and I have a personal experience that just came to my mind. Oh yeah. And so, you know, last year moved out into the country, right, and had all of this space mm-hmm. around me, mm-hmm. and you know, moved there in December. Couldn't wait till springtime, right, because I was ready to get out there and nature and start doing stuff right and spring comes around and I'm like literally running out the door ready to do stuff and (laughs) like on the first day I was literally stopped in my tracks because it I just didn't know like it was it was too big I didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. and so and it took me some time to kind of realize you know what like just go on the deck drink a little coffee Mm -hmm. and relax and just just look around just yeah look around don't envision don't yeah don't don't try to make any just sit on the deck walk around a little bit go sit back on the deck, you know, like, let it come. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. that's kind of where these ideas and these visions came, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let Is it, that kind of what you're... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You have to, you have to like, take a break and... Or I think, like, I'm always like, oh, I got to get stuff done, you know? Like every day, even on the weekend. <laughs> and then like, you know, I always reach this point of exha- exhaustion or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I just need a rest, you know, lie down and rest. Because, you know, when you sleep, for example, if you do sleep, you know, that's when like your brain like replenishes itself. And like, it's hard to be creative without your brain regenerating. Mm-hmm. Every day, you know, like where mm-hmm. would you be if you couldn't sleep? You'd go crazy. You'd die. You'd actually die. Yeah. Eventually. So then, maybe kind of what you're talking about is that this sitting back is can look like passivity, right? Totally. And on the surface, it may be. Yeah. But what I might say is that it's actually very mm-hmm. active and, mm-hmm. and deliberate mm-hmm. way to create space for yeah. potential newness or whatever to arise. Yeah. 
yeah. passive or receptive. I think those are great words. I think we're not very good at that. You know? Well, we're taught that that's not, those words probably aren't very good. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So in terms of like this kind of discussion about spirituality or religion, like, you know, <laughs> we're always like trying to figure out what we believe is right. You know? It's almost kind of like a way of trying to make something happen. If we, if we can use doctrine, mm -hmm. if we can reference doctrine and have beliefs, then we can make good decisions, which mm -hmm. allows us to make mm -hmm. the right things happen. Yeah. Which is like, and we were kind of talking about this yesterday. It seems like we have this idea that we can use logic or kind of like dualistic thinking as a mm -hmm. as a way of manufacturing mm -hmm. truth. Yeah, which kind of to me doesn't make sense very much. It doesn't make sense because you can't manufacture something. That's that already is. I mean, the truth is just truth. It's always has been. It's unchanging, yeah. right? Yeah, right. And then, but we it think we is. can day to day do these things to manufacture. Well, uh -huh. what? Well, yeah. There's nothing to be manufactured. Yeah. It's there, so you just have to let See. it in. Right. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense, kind yeah. of? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah and and to, you know, we're trying to manufacture it or like categorize it or capture it you know like these ideas and beliefs are like supposed to like encapsulate the unknowable mystery you know doesn't work very well yeah trying to capture and yeah manufacture and yeah category it all seems very mechanical to me yeah mm-hmm so I think it's good, you know, to have a kind of a practice for yourself of like just trying to sort of like sit back and and discern what is. So like if you believe in God, then you could like just sit back and sort of let God speak to you or God's presence be in you and around you. You know, and I think it's helpful for people to realize that, like, God might not use words, you know, because I think we have these preconceived ideas about, like, you know, God speaks my language and, like, is going to just, like, speak to me and with logic that I can understand. And I don't know that that's going to be what happens that's not what happens for me you know and so like this thing that we're talking about of just like receiving and perceiving is more than just like words thoughts <laughs> but we're so like man we're so locked up in our thoughts and our brains I don't know about you but there was a time in my life you know 
early on where yeah, I had these people around me talking about how <clears throat> God spoke to them or God, you know, did all this. And I feel like sometimes I was the only person in the world. I'm like, that didn't hear from God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, dude, I know. And that vexed me for some time that really like bothered really? me and stressed me out. <laughs> and I think, but I think that that was a good thing because it brought me to a point of like, maybe mm -hmm. I'm stressed out and worried about something that I shouldn't be. Maybe it isn't like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not that way for me, you know? Yeah. And, and a lot of people, I think, probably feel that way, you know? And, and that's not to say that some people haven't heard from God, like, in language. But, like, this, you know, part of what I think we're trying to get at is that, like, reality is more than just words and, and thoughts, you know? It's like all your senses. It's like everything that you perceive outside you and inside you and like you know so like if you're gonna experience God you know it might be like through all those other s senses and you know like stuff that's going on inside of you that's not just like the words that your brain talks that your brain speaks <laughs> you mm -hmm. know so you're, you're maybe images or sensations or you know so you're you're saying that maybe that a lot of people limit themselves because their spirituality is basically confined to like linear thinking and conceptual understanding where you're talking about a spirituality that has much more to do with like being, sensing, intuiting, communing, hmm. responding, receiving. Those are all experiential kind of based, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Experience. You know, like we think so much about what we need to believe and right belief, right? Getting things right, being right, you know. And, you know, if you're going to like go further, I guess you, you might want to like start paying attention to what is, you mm. know, mm -hmm. just like experiencing it. You know, um, and so like, even if you don't believe in God, like just have a practice of like sitting back and taking in reality. What is, you know? So th this reminds me, <clears throat> all the, as you talk, all of these personal experiences are coming up. Yeah, that's great. There was a, a time where I was uh, 
reading a book by this guy. His name was, he's got a cool name, Jiddu Krishnamurti. Mm -hmm. But he would talk about how similar things, like not being too caught up in concepts of the mind. And he offered like a really simple practice. Uh -huh. he, he said, just go to a park uh -huh. and sit in front of a tree. And just look at it and and experience it without thinking about it. Hmm. Don't think don't think about the tree because and then he went on to talk about how like you can't experience the tree when you're sitting in front of the tree thinking about it. <laughs> right? Like yeah. you can't experience the tree when you're when you're thinking about oh look how tall it is or colorful and mm -hmm. look at the leaf you're not you're thinking you're thinking about it and he would say yeah you're not experienced but you're not experiencing it because you're thinking about it he and so he uh, was a really good lesson for me and so i did i spent a lot of time at the park just like mm -hmm looking at and just watching mm -hmm. trees without thinking about them at all. And it was a really good lesson. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Take in, take in the tree. Yeah. I think a lot of people experience this like in the natural world, whether it's, you know, certain landscapes or animals or whatever, you know, like it's almost like you sort of become enraptured you know in a sense of wonder which is more like experiencing something than thinking about it you can't really think about it when you're like so captivated by something mm -hmm. um so yeah that's a really good example you know another one is like there are some times when uh my partner and i will be sit sitting quietly you know, like mm -hmm. she'll be knitting or something, or I don't know, doing what is she reading, or I'll, and I'll be doing the same thing, and long periods of time where just just being quiet, and then sometimes we'll look at each other, but we'll kind of just stay quiet and mm -hmm. kind of have these, mm -hmm. you know, thirty second, one minute periods of just looking at one another and mm -hmm. smiling and not saying anything and that's it like mm -hmm. maybe it's as simple as that mm -hmm. yeah for sure you know yeah I mean you I think you have moments with people that you feel comfortable with where you're just being you know and uh yeah It'd be, it'd be really interesting if you did that as a practice, like on purpose, like just sort of like sit with someone looking at them, mm -hmm. you know, take them in without talking, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, to do that on purpose. It can make, it can bring up a lot of anxiety, especially when you're doing it with a human, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, right. Cause you feel like you're supposed to say something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah silence is really good for all of that 
you know. So, yeah, and that kind of gets at, you know, um, maybe this axe that we're always grinding about, like getting into our bodies, you know? Because, like, if you're going to experience something, reality or God, it's going to be with your whole being instead of just your your brain. Mm-hmm. Like, who wants to experience God in their brain? Like, that sounds so boring. Yeah. And, like, impossible, kind of. Like, you're going to actually experience God through all your thoughts about him. It doesn't really... <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous if you think about it. You know? It's like, you, it's like if you went to space. Like, you would be so not able to think. You'd just be so... It'd just obliterate your mind. Amazed. Yeah. You know, like just, yeah. Mind blow after mind blow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like constantly, you know? Like that's more of a experience. And you just have to take it in, you know, with something like that that's so powerful. And like you can't have a posture of like, oh, I'm going to figure this out, you know, in space. You wouldn't be able to do that. Like, oh, I know a lot about space. Like, there's there's this star and that star. <laughs> like, you'd just be totally in awe. Right? I mean... Yeah. But it, that can be a hard thing for people to accept. Is that... Well, what, do you, what do you mean I can't... What do you mean thinking about it or conceptualizing it isn't going to help me experience it better? Like... It's a place to start, you know, like right belief, religion, right belief. It gives you a structure for f- pointing yourself in the right direction. Like, I I don't know if you could find God without that, you know, like some idea of which way to go or what he might be like or something, you know. And so, yeah, but then like that's what it is forever for people and I don't that's like a big mistake you know Mm. like you have these preconceived preconceived ideas about what it is so it can't actually be what it is to you you can't receive it the way it is because of your ideas about it because it if it doesn't fit into your ideas about it you just like can't find it you have no way of perceiving it or receiving it Hmm. You know? So one of the limitations about like conceptualizing or intellectualizing or cognizing is like the moment we make a decision about something, right? Mm-hmm. Then it's we're limiting, we're putting limitation. Yeah. Yeah. Like the example from earlier, like, you know, if you have this idea that God is going to speak to me in words or thoughts, then you'll be always looking for that and you won't actually experience God as he is. And then does that inform like what you seek then? I think so. Like, yeah, you seek like. 
if you're conceptualizing in a certain way and making decisions, then your seeking is based off of that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's like, you know, <clears throat> I have this decision to make, so I'm going to pray to God about it, and then God's going to tell me what to do. And then, you know, how many people you talk to who are like, God isn't telling me what to do. And I'm like, maybe that's not what God is about, you know? <laughs> that can really scare people. Yeah, because it feels like God doesn't care, God's not speaking to me, I'm not doing something right, like... But that's... If I'm the leader of, like, mm -hmm. a church, mm -hmm. and I'm hearing people being stressed out and upset and anxious and depressed because they're praying really hard and God isn't answering them. I would... I would... I would want to help people with that. Yeah. But if as the leader of the church, you still... You're in this of the same mind that, like... God is only speaking in thoughts and words. Like, it's going to be hard to help people with that. Or pray harder. <laughs> yeah, or like give, tell them what you think God might be saying or thinking. Like, yeah, it just is a, it's, yeah, self-defeating and circular and a waste of time. You know, so, but if you say, like, just sit and, like, see if you can perceive what is, not just in your brain with word or with words, like, what, what are you experiencing? You know? Like, just start with sit down. Yeah. And just try to get as clear of a picture as you can of what is happening right now. Yes. In myself, the world around me. You know, in, in myself is like all my senses and, you know, in my gut, in my heart. You know, that's a good start to connecting with God or even just reality if you want to think of it that way you know so let's talk about morality a little bit in okay. the same way because you know people think so yeah we've talked a little bit about right belief we you know being what we think it's always about what we think right mm -hmm. maybe instead of what we experience and that's a problem right so the other thing that religion does is it puts forth um, right action like these are the right things to do and the wrong things to do mm -hmm. and so like you gotta do the right things not do the wrong things you know and mm -hmm. and you know we talked previous podcasts about like a lot of like Christianity anyways about managing sin so like if you do the wrong things then here's how we get rid of it and you still get to go to heaven Whatever, right, <laughs> but maybe <laughs> I thought that I just think that phrase is really funny. Which one? Dude. 
Sin management. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry to distract. I just what love a, the, I just what a think joke, that, right? I just think that that's a really funny phrase. But anyways, we're gonna manage this. <laughs> manage this sin. <laughs> make, make it go away. Yeah. <laughs> make sure you don't do it anymore. Right. It'll be fine. It's just just funny. Anyways, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Go ahead. You're welcome. That's not my that's not my phrase. Um. So, yeah, which. You know, obviously we come to the end of ourselves and religion's resources, you know, when we maybe we're forgiven or, you know, we try to do better, do the right things. And then we realize there's still like things happening inside us or whatever that are impulses that are bad or, you know, lead us to do the wrong thing or whatever. And um, so we're it's like we're trying to force ourselves to do the right things because that's, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, <laughs> manage sin by making sure that we're forgiven for it. But like then, then what do you do? Right. So, um, I guess something that might be more helpful is not just always like judging actions, but like sort of like maybe exploring our, motivations and impulses that we have right so like there's a couple of easy examples you know like um, uh, part of morality is like supposed to govern your sexual life Mm -hmm. right so you know here are the right things to do these are the things that are pure and these are the things that are not um and yet we still have all of our sexual impulses mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. no matter what we say about whether they're right or wrong they're there and they're going to happen whether yeah without your permission yeah <laughs> you know um and what we don't do when we sort of apply the this morality like overlay or whatever you want to call that you know is we don't actually like get to know our sexuality because it's bad yeah only it's bad only so you can't what what you're saying is that you can't understand or get to know something if you're immediately judging it as wrong or bad right because then that's all your understanding ever is it's based off of your judgment of well, this is wrong or bad. That's as deep as your understanding yeah. goes, and it goes no deeper because of your judgment on it. Right. It's like you said, like once you make a decision about it, you don't really experience it any further, right? You've you can only experience it based off of what you've decided it to be. It's bad, so then you just suppress it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you don't actually explore it. So like... This is the problem with religion sometimes is that it says it's bad, but it doesn't give you anything to do with it, right? So if you're going to actually like try to form it, shape it, you know, like maybe have choice or something, like 
then you're going to have to get to know it first. Mm. You know, I think that's an important point for sure. Doesn't we're not given like a practical way of working with or understanding or dealing with our human experience. We're just told, well, these human experiences are good. These are the ones to watch Mm -hmm. out for and manage. Yeah. Yeah. So if like you really wanted to help people with their sexual conduct and purity, you would just have classes and classes about helping people get to know their own sexuality. Yeah. Create space for yeah. the sensations, what the experience is like. Right. Creating space for it first to talk about it so that uh, an understanding can develop. Yeah. But how many people are doing that? Like, people can hardly even talk about their own sexuality. Yeah. No. You know? Mm-hmm. Which is sort of crazy. As much as, like, the church talks about sexual sexuality and sexual conduct and what's right and wrong, like, they're not really doing anything about it. <laughs> not, no, giving, like, not giving us any practical... No. Yeah. How are you ever going to shape your own sexuality if you don't, like, understand it deeply? Yeah. And know, like, what's happening inside you when you have an impulse, when you have an attraction, when you, you know? So that's where morality kind of fails. Well, because then I think by that rationale, what you're saying is that morality, what, can, what it can actually do is make the propensity for sin or misunderstanding mm-hmm. more likely to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it prevents change. Right? Because it doesn't allow you to know it, explore it as it is. I wonder if many people have ever considered that. Surely it's just us two. I'm sure that this is the first time this idea has ever been spoken. (laughs) Positive. (laughs) That's, yeah. So another, you know, another example is like aggression, right? Like you're not supposed to be mean, (laughs) you know, or violent toward other people, turn the other cheek, you know, but like, you know, how many people can do that without like having those impulses arise within, right? Those are there whether you think they're good or bad. Always. I think that's kind of one of the things that made me over time kind of feel like I needed to find my own way or whatever because Mm -hmm. regardless, like I was, regardless of where I was hearing it or what I was being told and I, I've said this before, at the end of the day, I'm still left with this experience that I'm having internally, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it, and I'm like, well, that 
okay, that's your perspective and your your idea or whatever of this internal experience that I'm having, but that doesn't help me. I'm still having it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that isn't going to work. I Thanks like you're telling me what you think about yeah, it. Now great. what do you want me to do with it? Great. But I'm still having it. It's yeah. still here. Right. 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 And I think what I just kind of started understanding is like, man, I, I guess I'm on my own here. I've got to figure <laughs> you're on out your own buddy. Yeah. I've got to figure <laughs> out my own ways to deal with my own <laughs> internal experiences without because all the other people are doing is judging it for me. Yeah, or, yeah, or or giving me a perspective to like transpose over it, which is supposed to yeah change. No, it's so, still there. It's still happening. So no, yeah, no matter how vehemently you speak against certain actions, like they're still the impulses are still there. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a big turning point for me yeah good was finally just giving myself permission to be like look I don't I don't know what everybody else is doing or yeah that that's fine but I've got to figure out a way to like yeah work with and make sense of my own internal experiences right yeah. And I felt that's that's when I was really starting to gain some traction. Yeah. We should also have classes in nonviolence. Yeah. What do you think? I agree. Why not? You you you, you know, if you're really gonna be nonviolent which is like loving, you know, then you're gonna have to like figure out what's going on in your in your impulses, you know, which we talked about before when we talked about nonviolence, but like, who's doing that? Nobody. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, some people are doing it. Thank God. Some people are doing it, you know, but like, if you really want to shape people's ability to like love people, then that's what you'll do mm -hmm. right and but it's all about like oh well just do this or don't do that you know and it doesn't actually help you shape your na very natural impulses to like defend yourself yeah we can't we can't get any deeper uh -huh. and that's what we need is to find a way to go deeper Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and just explore right mm -hmm. so like when you judge yourself you don't actually know yourself right so again um it would be good, a good practice to like just start paying attention to what arises within you in a given day in a given experience right if there's a sexual impulse that comes up within you then you should pay attention to that. You know, but we dissociate or we sort of press it down or like whatever we do because it's not okay or, you know, or maybe you follow it or whatever, but like it's never like 
just exploratory. Become curious about this. And well, right, because you could make a mistake and do something wrong. <laughs> yeah. And we can't do that. Mm-hmm. We can't afford. Yeah. Can't afford to make mistakes. <laughs> can't afford to make mistakes, right? Um. Yeah, or you just kind of follow it, you know, mm-hmm. which doesn't also help you learn about it either. You know. Mm-hmm. It can if you're mindful about it, but it can if you're willing. Yeah, if you're willing to, but also it can keep you from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> or you know, like if you have an aggressive impulse that comes up within you, which you're going to on a daily basis, you know, even if it's not like violently aggressive, maybe it's just sort of like the impulse to defend yourself or like put a wall up or not, you know, like not be open to someone else, then you might just pay attention to that. What's happening. And and not just letting it sort of like compulsively guide your behavior so much. Just paying attention to what's happening within you. I think of like anger was the hardest one for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still the hardest one for me. You know, probably. <laughs> that was the yeah. Mm-hmm. I think still is, uh-huh. but because it's such a strong energy, you know. Uh-huh. Oh, I mean, it's automatic, right? It's like your nervous system is not going to let you not be angry in a given circumstance yeah. until you start exploring it and working with it but that's the thing it's like when I've started being willing to not judge myself for Mm -hmm. an experience that my nervous system is happening my relationship with it started to like fundamentally change not that it didn't happen Mm -hmm. but I you know I was able to get a much wider perspective over yeah. the experience and a deeper understanding by really like choosing to mm-hmm. hold it in my hands mm-hmm. without immediately just like throwing it down. You know what I mean? Couldn't do it. Can't do anything with it mm-hmm. when you just immediately throw it down. Yeah. Then it becomes more malleable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and some of this is trauma stuff, right? So you're experiencing like terror at mm-hmm. the same time you're experiencing anger. It's impossible to explore it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you're dissociating, you know, or experiencing like tons of shame as you experience anger, right? So it's impossible to just look at it and say, oh, my body wants to defend me protect me mm-hmm. you know and so um yeah but that's it you know like sounds really simple we'll probably talk about a whole bunch more about like how to do yeah because there are some really practical things that you can do that are mm-hmm. that are relevant to i think with what we're talking about you know mm-hmm. and it starts to kind of unravel this big ball of yarn mm-hmm Mm-hmm.
Yeah. So we're just talking about experiencing reality as it is. Maybe reality that's in us and outside of us. And then like, maybe it's not all about judging what we do right or wrong, but like just getting to know it a little bit. And from that place, we'd be able to shape it a little bit more. Seems like. The judging keeps us limited and superficial and small. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you. Talk to you soon. Plastic bags and And a father's dream died that night Just to keep that electricity on And it's the darkest side of my heart that dies When you come to me